Ladies and gentlemen, that is why this church exists. Um, to, pro that's right, to proclaim a loving, crucified, risen, reigning, returning, saving, redeeming Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, yes, let's, want, let's praise the Lord. Nothing better than what we just experienced. Praise God. Well, again, want to welcome you here today. Uh, again, I am Tim and one of the pastors here, and it's my privilege just to say hello uh, to all of you. And if you are here for the first time uh, and uh, have never received from us a little packet of information about our church, uh, wondering if you would lift your hand. We're not going to ask you to do anything other than raise your hand so that our ushers can see where you are and get you this packet of information. Please keep your hand up if you would so that uh, the ushers can see you. Uh, it is great to have you with us, thank you. Thank you for, for coming. Inside that packet there's a, there's a little guest card and uh, we wonder if you would be willing to fill that out and before you leave, you can just slide it into the little metal box that's on the back door there, uh, and that would give us a record of your visit and the opportunity to uh, follow up and just see how we might serve you. Well, by way of announcements, there's really only one uh, or two things to mention. Uh, just for the record, we are no longer uh, requiring registration for uh, Sunday attendance. Uh, yeah, there you go. We have moved, uh, we believe we can move beyond that. The Lord has uh, given us space to do what we have come to do here today. If uh, we do, we're, we're trying still and uh, we recognize these are confusing times and everyone's a little different in terms of what they are comfortable with. We're trying to respect uh, safety uh, and at the same time make room for as many people as possible. And if this room overflows on Sunday, there is an overflow room, so it'll be first come, first served. How's that for motivating you to get here a little bit early on Sunday so you can have the seat of your, your choice. At this time, want to dismiss the children to children's ministry. Those that have been registered already can just go out the side doors uh, and uh, go to children's ministry. And if you haven't registered your child, looks like most of them are already gone. Where are all the kids? Uh, well, as we, as we come just for a moment to our reflection on our tithe and our offering, uh, we are not taking an offering physically here. If you want to give and are committed to give to the ministry of this church, uh, please either go online, uh, risenhopechurch.org, and give that way, or uh, you can send it to 
the location here, 1001 Washington Avenue in Prospect Park, or you can put your offering in that box on the, in the back, uh, and we would be grateful to God for that. So let me, let me bow in prayer at this time. Father in heaven, please uh, receive our love and our praise for all that we have witnessed here today. We know that we would not love you unless you had loved us first. Uh, that we would not choose you unless you had chosen us. We would not pursue you unless you had pursued us and captured us by your love. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, uh, for being our Redeemer, Savior. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for opening our minds and hearts and giving us life. Oh, that you would now work in fresh power and grace here today. May each heart be now affected by your word. Grant that we would have illumination both to understand and to apply it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, as we come to the ministry of God's Word this morning, I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Colossians, the book of Colossians in the New Testament, uh, somewhere near the middle of the New Testament. If you have a device of some sort, you could go to the ESV Bible, uh, and then just click down on Colossians chapter 1. Uh, Colossians chapter 1. And I'm going to pick up our reading in verse 9 down through verse 14. For those visiting with us, uh, we, are, we have just recently begun a series of messages working our way verse by verse through the book of Colossians. This will take us a year or two to complete uh, but we're not going to be in any hurry. Why hurry uh, when handling the Word of God? And so verse 9 of Colossians 1 says, And so from the day we, this is Paul speaking and his fellow workers, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Oh, what a wonderful text of Scripture we turn to this morning. As we turn to this text, we see that God is a delivering God. He is a rescuing God. He has delivered us from this domain of darkness. As we study the history of the world as it's recorded in the book, in the sacred scriptures, we see that God has always been a delivering God. He loves to rescue. 
He rescued Noah from the flood, Joseph from his brothers, Israel from Egypt, Naomi and Ruth from bitterness, David from Goliath, Daniel's friends from the furnace, Daniel from the lion's den, Esther and Mordecai from the nasty guy named Haman, Jonah from what? The belly of a great fish, Peter from a martyr's jail, Paul from all his afflictions. Time and time again in Scripture, we see God come to the rescue. And what I want us to see this morning is the greatest rescue of all time. The greatest rescue of all time. In this text, we see that, the greatest rescue of all time. Paul is reporting to us, he's describing for us his prayer life and, and how he prays for the Colossians. And part of that prayer is continuing thanksgiving to God. In verse 12, he encourages them to be giving thanks and he encourages us to do the same. And in order to motivate that thankful praise, Paul mentions four mighty rescuing acts of God. These four mighty rescuing acts of God. He has qualified us to share in the inheritance of heaven. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. He has transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. And in Him, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This, this text describes for us four mighty deeds of God. And this text shows to us, and this is important, it shows to us that Christianity is not primarily a religion that tells us what to do for God. Christianity is a revelation of what God has done for us. Christianity is not about primarily do this, do that, do the other thing for God. Christianity is primarily God has done this for you. And put your faith and your trust in Him alone. Now let's look quickly this morning at these four great and mighty deeds of God. Number one, God has qualified us. God has qualified us. Verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Now let me ask you a question. How many of you here this morning feel like you are qualified for heaven? Aha, trick question. If you think you are qualified in your own behavior and because of your own merit and all the good that you have done, then my friend, uh, you are in denial. You are in denial about the reality of your own sin, your own guilt before God. The, the fact of the matter is, in ourselves, we are always disqualified. And yet, if we have put our faith and our trust in Christ, He has made us qualified. So are you qualified for heaven? 
Knowing yes. Knowing yourself, yes in Christ. It's, it's as if, uh, to illustrate and not a perfect illustration, but it's as if uh, a college student gets to the end of his college days and he has a 0.0 GPA. He's done nothing. He, he has failed everything. There's no way he graduates. But then, another student steps into his life with a 4.0 GPA and takes his transcript and exchanges it for the 0.0 GPA guy and makes him qualified for graduation. God has done that for us. Spiritually speaking, I'm a 0.0 GPA guy. In myself, I've got nothing to offer. Jesus said, or Paul said, in our flesh there dwells no good thing. Paul says there is no one good, not even one. None of us is qualified. We've all flunked out. And yet Jesus Christ comes along with His perfect record, with His perfect righteousness, and He takes that righteousness when we believe in Him and reckons it, imputes it to us. There's an exchange. Our guilt goes to Him. His righteousness comes to us. Our guilt lands Him on the cross. His righteousness qualifies us for heaven. This is a mighty deed of God. This is something that we could never do on our own. This is what He has done for us. God has qualified us. Number two, God has delivered us. Verse 13, He has delivered us from or out of the domain of darkness. This is God the great liberator. God the great deliverer who has rescued us out of the domain of darkness. Before before God came to our rescue, that's where we lived. We lived in the domain of darkness. Our, Our address was Dungeon and Death Road. And and Domain of Darkness 66666. That's where we lived. If we are outside of Jesus Christ, if we reject His authority in our lives, we need to understand that that doesn't mean that we are thereby free and autonomous. No, it just means that we have pledged our allegiance to another king. That we are now in the domain of darkness. That we are now in the power of darkness. If we are not following the light of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ, then we are walking in darkness. This present darkness. But God. But God has delivered us. How many of you can remember the day when you were in darkness? Yeah. You know, you know, you were blind, you were sightless, you were clueless. The darkness was thick and heavy in and over your life. 
And then a day came when somehow, somehow, the light of God's truth pierced the darkness and pierced your heart. And by grace, you followed that light. And you found it shining brightly in the Lord Jesus Christ and in the face of our God. And you came into the light. You were drawn into the light by the power of God's delivering hand. That is the testimony of every Christian who is a genuine Christian. If you're, if you're not a believer here and, and uh, you think uh, Christians are phonies and fakes and all of that, then, well, the reality is we are sinners. We are really messed up. If, if you're looking for perfection, well, you've gone, you've gone to the wrong place this morning. We are, we are guilty as can be, but we are qualified by grace. Left to ourselves, we'd still be walking in darkness. It is only grace that has shined the light into our hearts. God has qualified us. God has delivered us. Third, God has transferred us. He has transferred us. Look at verse 13 again. He has delivered us. He has delivered us from or out of the domain of darkness and transferred us to or into the kingdom of His beloved Son. So we are not only delivered out of the domain, the kingdom, the power, the authority of darkness. We are transferred to into the kingdom of God's beloved Son. That into matters. That transfer into matters. A slave may be delivered out of bondage, but that doesn't mean he's transferred into all the privileges and the status of citizenship. The abused may be delivered out of danger without ever being transferred into love and joy. The poor may be delivered from a debt without ever being transferred into poverty, uh, prosperity. The sick may be delivered from death without ever being transferred uh, into health and wholeness. You see, it's possible to be delivered from, but not be transferred into. God does not do half a deliverance. God does not just rescue us from hell and darkness and judgment. God goes the additional step and transfers us into the kingdom of His dear Son. We have escaped bondage. We are released into, transferred into citizenship in heaven. This is the glory of the gospel. And all the while, we're still sinners, right? Here we are sitting here this morning, a bunch of sinners, and yet God in His grace has qualified us, has delivered us, and has transferred us into the kingdom of God. It is a done deal. These things are accomplished by the grace and by the power of God. We have a mighty 
God. Don't think that God's mighty rescues are somewhere in the distant past. Oh, look what He did for Jonah. Look what He did for Daniel. Look what He did for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Look what He did for David. Those things were cool. Those things were nice. But the deliverance that you and I have experienced far exceeds, far exceeds any of those. We've been delivered from the ultimate furnace. We have been delivered from the ultimate lion's den. We have been delivered from hell and transferred into the kingdom of God's dear Son. What an amazing salvation we have. But how is it possible? How is it possible for sinners like you and me to actually go to heaven. I mean, after all, heaven is a place of perfection and we're not perfect. So how? How, how is all of this possible? How, how can God qualify us? How can He deliver us? How can He transfer us? It is because of the fourth thing that He has done. He has forgiven us. He has forgiven us. Verse 14, in whom, that whom refers to Jesus. In Jesus, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Think about this with me for a few minutes here. Consider with me two questions. What is or are sins and what is forgiveness? First of all, what are sins? Well, the old catechism put it like this. Sin is any lack of conformity to or transgression of the law of God. Sin is anything in our life that doesn't conform to the law of God and anything in our life that transgresses or violates or disobeys the law of God. Putting it more, uh, in more modern terms, sin is doing anything God tells us not to do. And sin is failing to do every single thing that He tells us to do. By that standard, how many of you are sinless? None of us. If you want to gauge, if you want to measure how well you're doing on this sin category, think about all the things that you've done that you're not proud of. Think of those things that if you had a do-over, you would do very differently. Think of those things that you hope nobody ever finds out about. Those times you didn't treat others the way you wanted to be treated. Times when you thought, I shouldn't think this, or say this, or do this, but. Think about times when you spoke the cruel word. Times like when you looked at and objectified and lusted for a woman or a man that person that you crushed so that you could get the promotion that he or she wanted. Think about gossip you've shared, reputations you've destroyed. 
accusations you've believed and spread without proof. The lies you've told that have hurt somebody and served your own ends. The promises you've made while knowing that you weren't going to keep them. Think about the poor person you disdained and the person of color you prejudged or the white man you hated or that blue-collar guy you disliked or that rich person you wished harm to. Think about things and times that you've taken credit for somebody else's idea or am I, am I hitting anything in your life? My aim in mentioning all of that, my friends, is not to heap guilt on you and then leave you there. The aim is to make you sufficiently aware of the guilt that you have so that you will not stay there. Because there is a way out. We all have a dark side to us. All of us. But there is a great deliverer. There is forgiveness of sins. What, what is forgiveness? We know what sin is, if we're honest and open. We know what sins are and what we've committed. But what is forgiveness? Well, forgiveness, the word speaks of release. And, and the release is a release from the guilt and the debt that our sins deserve. It is a release from the debt that we owe. Forgiveness is when God says, I will no longer hold you guilty and accountable for your actions. In fact, I release you from all of the eternal consequences of your guilt. Forgiveness is jubilee. Forgiveness is a celebration of freedom. I no longer carry the burden on my back. But we ask the question, how? How can God forgive us? Because God doesn't treat wrong the way we do in our relationships with each other. How do we do it? Well, we do this nice little glib, I'm sorry, that's okay, right? I'm sorry, that's okay. And we make believe that the offense has never happened. That's basically what's going on there. I'm sorry, that's okay. Both people are lying. The first person isn't really sorry. The second person is not okay. But that's how we do it as people, isn't it? We fake. We fake that everything's okay. But God's not a faker. And God can't look at our sins and make believe they're not sins. God has to do something about those sins. God has to make sure that justice is done for those sins. And so, God has to figure out a way to satisfy justice, punishing justice for our sins without crushing us for those sins. You understand, right? You see that, right? A just God can't just say, oh, that's okay. No, a just God and a holy God must punish sin. But He loves us. He loves us. And He wants to pour out mercy upon us. And He wants to pour out love upon us. And grace upon us. So what does He do? 
there needs to be a redemption. Notice what Paul says, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Redemption is freedom through ransom. That's what the biblical word means, freedom through ransom. The gospel is just this, and many of you know this, but oh, how our hearts need to hear it again. The gospel is just this, that we are guilty sinners, every one of us, who can never be qualified in our own efforts for heaven, who need forgiveness. And Jesus gave Himself to redeem us from our sins. Jesus took it all. Jesus, know the hymn, right? Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Jesus is our Redeemer. I think that is one of the most precious names for our Lord that is anywhere in the Bible. I have a Redeemer. I have a Deliverer who poured out His blood and faced the wrath and the judgment of God for my sins and drank every last drop of God's wrath in my place that I might go free. These are the mighty deeds of God. He has qualified us to share in the inheritance of heaven. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. He has transferred us into the kingdom, the kingdom of His beloved Son. And He has forgiven us through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. This is the perfect text in God's timing for this morning's baptism. Perfect text. Here is one woman and, no, two women and one man, sorry about that, uh, who publicly have declared, I have been delivered. <laughs> I have been delivered. The domain of darkness is now buried in my life. I have been raised to newness of life. I am now in the kingdom of God's dear Son. Which kingdom are you in here this morning? Which king do you serve? There is the domain of darkness. There is the kingdom of God's Son. Which kingdom are you in? You can right now where you are bow your head and your heart and pray and say, Lord Jesus, be my deliverer. Rescue me from my sins and the hell that they deserve. And bring me into your kingdom. Become my Savior and my Lord. I want us to pause for a couple of moments, just bowing our heads and closing our eyes and just reflecting. Where, where do you stand with Jesus Christ? Who is He to you?
Is he nothing to you? Oh, may it be that he will show that he is beautiful and worthy of, worthy of your faith and allegiance. Was he once something to you? Uh, but have you lost your first love? Have other things distracted you? Or is he everything to you? Or at least more and more precious to you with each passing day? Where do you stand with Jesus? Let's bow our heads for a moment or two and reflect and pray before him. Father, I pray, O oh Lord, that you would... I pray, O oh Lord, that you would shine into our hearts and show us Jesus. You are a mighty God, a mighty Savior, and a wonderful Father. Please be with each one here to lead them into your light and your truth. And Father, as we linger in conversation fellowship both inside and outside this building may it be that we will encourage each other lift one another up O Lord and may it be that you're keeping grace and your fatherly care and attention your attentiveness to us as your children. May it be that this week we will be aware of that, that your eye is upon us, and it is an eye of love. Would you please keep us safe, O oh Lord? Would you please encourage the discouraged and lift up the downcast and rescue the lost? And then, Father, according to your will, um, bring us back together again. We pray all of this through the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If there is anyone here today who realizes that you're, you're not right with God, you need a Savior, would you please talk to us before you leave? That includes children. If there are children who just are eager to know more about Jesus, talk to us. We want to we wanna talk with you and encourage and help you. Uh, may God bless you. May God watch over you and keep you until we meet again. Amen. Here
Oh. 